DW Africa Link it's the start of a new week and time for another edition of DW's Africa Link program. Here's where you get the latest news from the continent and beyond. I'm Okeri Ngushinado. And Okeri is with me, Eddie Micah Jr. Welcome to those listening to us through our partner stations and also on our Facebook page. That's DW Africa. Don't forget to also follow us on Spotify. Okay, now Eddie, coming up on the program, South Africans react to Tyler winning her first Grammy with the song Water. Make me lose my breath, make me water. Congratulations, Tyler. We wish you nothing but the best. Make me water, make me lose my breath. That's catchy, though. That's catchy. Very catchy indeed. <laughs> the truth is she came, she saw, she conquered. But why are there mixed reactions to her Grammy win? We'll hear from an entertainment pundit. I talked to a number of industry greats from Nigeria and they were actually very optimistic that it was either going to be Davido or Bernaboy because of, you know, all the great things they've done in the last year there. Stay tuned for that and more coming up on the show. But first we have the world news in brief. DW News. I'm Zoya Fröhlich with the DW News. South African singer Tyler made history at the 2024 Grammy Awards by winning the award for Best African Music Performance for her song Water. The award is a new category which aims to highlight regional musical traditions and to recognize recordings that utilize unique local expressions from across the African continent. Tyler expressed strong gratitude. I never thought I'd say um, I won a Grammy at 22 years old. I'm, if you don't know me, my name is Tyler. I'm from South Africa. And last year, God decided to change my whole life. Tyler's song Water fuses elements from pop and amapiano, a South African subgenre of house music. Deputies in Senegal's parliament are debating a proposal to postpone the presidential election up to six months, which was previously set for February 25th. Leading opposition figures described the president's abrupt postponement of elections over the weekend as a constitutional coup. Police made arrests and fired tear gas at at opposition supporters during protests Sunday in the capital Dakar, which continued on Monday. This protester calls for the law to be respected. It's not whether or not this postponement happens. In any case, the most important thing for me is to say no. Because if we do not say no, then the regime in place now will continue to move its agenda forward. I am a supporter of the Republic. I want the Republic to continue. I want the Republic's calendar to be respected. The government also restricted access to the mobile internet to curb protests. Firefighters in central Chile are battling to quell fierce forest fires that have killed 112 people so far and razed entire neighborhoods. President Gabriel Boric warned the country faces a tragedy of very great magnitude. Hundreds of people are still missing, authorities say, stoking fears the death toll will climb higher. These news come to you from RDW Studio in Bonn. Ground staff at German flag carrier Lufthansa will go on strike this Wednesday, the workers' union Verdi said. Airports in Frankfurt, Munich, Hamburg, Berlin and Düsseldorf will be affected. 3,000 daily flights could be potentially impacted. The strike is in response to ongoing Lufthansa group-wide wage negotiations for the approximately 25,000 ground crew employees. 
African leaders paid their tributes to Namibia's deceased president and founding Prime Minister Hage Gengob, who died on Sunday. President Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa called the 82-year-old statesman a leader, patriot and friend. Kenya's president William Ruto called him a believer of a unified Africa. And Musa Faki Mahamad, chair of the African Union Commission, said a baobab has fallen. Beyond Africa, U.S. President Joe Biden hailed the late president as a fearless leader fighting for independence. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz expressed regret that his country has lost a partner who was committed to the process of coming to terms with Germany's colonial history. And finally, German Development Minister Svenja Schulze plans talks with Western African leaders this week after the withdrawal of Burkina Faso, Mali and Niger from the economic community of Western African states ECOWAS. Schulze is due to meet ECOWAS Commission President Omar Touray on Monday, a week after the juntas that ruled Burkina Faso, Mali and Niger withdrew their countries from the regional economic bloc. For more news, visit our website dw.com africa. My name is Silja Fröhlich. You are listening to DW's Africa Link program with the latest news from Africa and beyond. I am Okeri Ngushinado. And I am Eddie Micah Jr. Join us on the show by sending your comments on our Facebook page, DW Africa. A lot of you are tuned in already and uh, you can't wait for us to dig into what we have. So why not just jump straight into it, right? Yeah, let's, uh, let's start with the song of the year, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> South Africa is sitting on top of the continent right now. That's after winning big this weekend at the Grammy Award. Now, the name on everyone's lips is Tyler, right? Making her country and the continent proud by winning her first ever Grammy. Her song titled Water won an award for Best African Music Performance. I know Okeri loves water, but we'll get into details yes, of how I, you like it. That's true, Eddie. But the, <laughs> I mean, this category, let's keep that in mind that it was created to honor music from the continent. Mm-hmm. That is according to Academy President Harvey Mason. Mm-hmm. But winning her first Grammy at just 22 years old is quite impressive and Really commendable. Right. She beat Afri- Afrobeat stars like Burna Boy, Davido, Ira Star, and Asake to win the award. Oof, um, big mean, names. Those are big names yeah. to, to beat. <laughs> we'll soon talk to an international journalist to find out more. But first, what do South Africans think about Tyler, one of their own, winning the award? Make me sweat, make me harder, make me lose my breath, make me warm. Congratulations, Tyler. We wish you nothing but the best. From the moment we had this song, Tyler, we had it, we saw it coming that this Grammy, it was for you. I'm actually inspired due to the fact that um, we do know that Grammys are for people like Jay-Z, Beyonce, stuff like that. But for a young artist like Tyler, who has no album and stuff, it's actually a big step for her. And also for us as young South Africans to actually look up to her and also give ourselves that motivation that we actually can do it in the big stage. I'd like to start off by congratulating Tyler for her success and everything. I know she'll continue making South Africa proud as she did. But it's not that Tyler started recording songs now. She has been recording songs, but then water blew up. Therefore, I want to congratulate her for the success and all. She can go a very long way, as with the Grammy she won at age 22. She won, you see, it just shows you that there's a lot of talent with just one track. You can boom. No, actually, it's two tracks. There's like a cold drink, but make me water. 
Don't make me lose my breath. Yeah, that's it. That, that's catchy, though. That's catchy. Shout out Tyler. It's definitely very catchy. It's been in my <laughs> head like the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Those were some reactions from South Africans as their very own Tyler wins her very first Grammy Award. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got the lyrics opened here and uh, just realizing that I've been singing some words totally wrong. You know, the, yes. the, the magic you find <laughs> when you actually look at the original <laughs> lyrics of a song. But hey, it's definitely exciting time, uh, an exciting time, I should say, for South Africa. But there are mixed reactions, though, on who deserved to win the award, right? So I asked the entertainment pundit in Ghana, West Africa, called Bella Mundi. You know, what she made of those saying that, well, maybe she didn't really deserve to win. Let's hear from her. It's understandable. There's no award events without controversy, without, you know, people being unhappy about who won and who didn't win. I spoke to a number of industry greats from Nigeria, and they were actually very optimistic that it was either going to be Davido or Bernaboy because of, you know, all the great things they've done in the last year, the um, countless performances, filling out stadiums and all that. So I think I get where they're coming from. At the same time, I think what they took their eyes off was the fact that Tyler was also a powerhouse on her own. She may have been in the industry for a relatively shorter period, but her song Water was an instant global hit. Everybody was thinking, you look at the numbers, even on YouTube, for example. It's not like Tyler did not deserve the award, right? No, I absolutely think that everybody in that category equally deserved that award, which is why they were nominated. But one person had to win. And I don't even think that YouTube views is enough to decide who wins. But if we just even look at the numbers that they were all pulling on YouTube, Tyler's Water, the official music video, made 118 million views. Mm-hmm. Um, the video's video made about a little over 80 million views as well. I think Burner Boys on about 40 or 48 million or so. So if we should even decide on our own that we're going to compare the numbers, that song was making more numbers. That video made more numbers on YouTube. And that alone just shows what a big hit it was. Right. And I'm a little biased. She's female. And secondly, it's a Ghanaian producer who worked on this song. So <laughs> Ghanaians are celebrating as well because for us, as long as we had someone on there who worked on it, and of course, we are happy. If Nigeria had won, we'd be happy. If any other country had been nominated right. and won, we'd be happy. At the end of the day, no matter who wins that category, it is still for Africa. We're celebrating Burner Boy for performing on stage. Mm. That is a, a proud African moment there, just like Tyler winning this award. Over the years, there's been a lot of African winners at the Grammys. Uh, recent years, we've seen uh, quite a number of them. What does this really say about uh, the current state of African music in you know, the international scene? Now, if you even look at the reason why they had to create an African category, they'll tell you that African music has had a major influence on all the songs that are being recorded across the world. So we we probably didn't know how powerful we've been all these years, Mm -hmm. but our songs are the ones that have been ruling for centuries. And, you know, the people have been tapping into it just to create their own sounds and create something for themselves. But we've been there, we've done that. And this new category and this inclusion... Um, further inclusion in the ground just tells you that it's time. The world is realizing that there's power in Africa and we cannot keep ignoring, you know, the Africans. I've heard a couple of people say that, well, if you want to include Africa, you might as well let us compete in the other major categories. Mm. This is what the Grammy CEO said. It is up to us Africans to educate them on what it is that we want and how we want to go about it. Otherwise, we might as well also create our own. So we need to come together. We need to have a united front and let them understand that this is our time and this is how we want it. They should watch out because very soon 
We're taking over everything. Oh, yeah. We're taking over, right? Yeah, we're taking over everything. <laughs> no doubt. I was speaking to entertainment pundit from Ghana, Bella Mundi. But you know, Eddie, Tyler is certainly not going to be the last African to win this Grammy category. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is part of a list of legendary African artists who have made Africa proud. Let's take you down memory lane with our reporter, Aram Atipo. Over the years, African artists have left an indelible mark on the global music scene, earning recognition at the Grammy Awards. It's regarded by many as the most prestigious and significant awards in the music industry worldwide and boasts artist visibility. The recognition of Africans dates back to the 1960s, where South Africa's Miriam Makeba became the first African to win a Grammy in the Best Folk Recording category. That was way back in 1966. That sets the ball rolling for other artists, including Benin's Angele Kiju and South Africa's Lady Smith Black Mambazo, with five Grammy Awards so far, the highest on the continent. In recent years, Nigeria's Thames, Whiskey, and Benna Boy have also won big in different categories. For instance, in 2021, Benna Boy's album Twice As Tall earned him a Grammy for Best Global Music Album. His win highlighted the increasing influence of African sounds and rhythms on the world stage. The 2024 Grammy Awards saw the introduction of a new category, Best African Music Performance. The nominees represented only two countries, Nigeria with Bena Boy, Davido, Ariasta, Ashake and Olamide, and South Africa with Tyler. And as you already know, Tyler won the inaugural Best African Music Performance at the 66th Grammy Awards held in Los Angeles, USA. That was our reporter, Aram Atipo, giving us a lowdown. I mean, uh, you know, Africans have been winning Grammys for a while now. Decades ago, it started. Mm -hmm. But uh, the future still seems bright for many that are coming through. Now, on our Facebook page, TW Africa, we basically ask you, with Tyler winning this year, the Grammy representing the continent, all for the continent, does she deserve it? And uh, there's always mixed reactions. Mm-hmm. Joins Tweleni says, yes, she deserves it. Well done, Tyler. Mzanzi is proud of you, baby girl. <laughs> I, like the, the, I like that. Yeah, well, this one from uh, <laughs> Mesang Linda says, she doesn't deserve it. That Grammy belonged to Davido or Berna, period. Yeah, um, okay. Choko Nyamezi says Grammy is a prestigious award. Same thing I told my wife this morning when my when she was complaining that her favorite artist didn't win. Award shouldn't be predicted. It always goes to the well deserved. No feeling or emotion can change anything here. You know, I'm just uh, checking out what a lot of people and clearly a lot of Nigerians I can tell. Um, but uh, most of them feeling that it wasn't her time to win, and mm-hmm. you know the Nigerian top top guys deserved to win it. You know, it's 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 fair. It's it's your opinion. Uh, Kofi Kingsley, however, believes that her hit song "Water" is bigger than the so-called African heavyweights. These Nigerian people uh, don't know what they're saying. Basically, is what you're trying to say. So yeah, it's it's as, as we heard in the interview. Uh, yeah. Okay. We, uh, 
mixed reactions. Everyone expects their their favorite artist to win, and if they don't, then they feel like okay, this is not fair. But look, the 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 numbers, the records, the stats. They are there, mm-hmm. and I mean this award ceremony yesterday even brought up the fact that Afcon in the Afcon on Wednesday, mm-hmm. South Africa and Nigeria are playing against each <laughs> oh, other. Yes. So now it's bringing in a whole new level of arguments of like, okay, you won the Grammys. <laughs> well, South Africa beats Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will take the, the Afcon this time. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but if you're uh, just tuned in, you're listening to Africa Link broadcasted Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. I am Okere Gushinato. and I am Eddie Micah Junior. Remember, you can be part of the show by commenting on the stories we're covering on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Here's what's coming up in the next few minutes. Tributes continue to pour in after the passing of Namibia's president, Hage Gengop, on Sunday. The Namibian nation has lost a distinguished servant of the people, a liberation struggle icon, the chief architect of our constitution, and the pillar of the Namibian house. You know what? Let's jump straight into that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. President Hagegengop's death was announced on Sunday, early morning, while receiving treatment for cancer. Gengop was being treated at the private Lady Pohamba Hospital in the Namibian capital, Vintuk, after his medical team had discovered cancerous cells after a biopsy. It was a very sad day um, for Namibians, Eddie, yeah. and myself included. I saw so many posts um, mm. on WhatsApp and Facebook, on Twitter, everyone just sharing um you know, uh, condolences. And the recurring theme was just him dancing and him being so happy. And Hage Gengop was first elected as Namibia's president in 2014 Mm -hmm. and was serving his second term just before he died. And Mm. I mean, the condolences don't only end there with Namibians. President William Ruti also um, described Gengop as that he strongly promoted the continent's voice and visibility at the global arena. Right. While um, Musa Fakif uh, Muhammad said, um, the chair of the AU Commission, lamented that a barbab has fallen. But let's hear at how some Namibians are reacting. The Namibian nation has lost a distinguished servant of the people, a liberation struggle icon, the chief architect of our constitution, and the pillar of the Namibian House. Gengop laid a formidable and strong foundation for our democracy. He built to construct the constitutional statehood in an architecture that we live in today. He played a central role to cement this constitutional architecture and constitutional democracy as its first prime minister and subsequently to become the third president of the Republic of Namibia. He was a man who, like any, tossed and toiled with the struggles of life, but he would always buttress it with a broad laughter and with a confident walk. He was a man who was not shy and who never lacked in confidence. His walk would show it. His swagger would convince us of a man who was at peace with himself. His laughter will be missed. His projections of voice and his genuine love for people will be missed. He believed in um, in equality. He believed in um, in uh, peace. He believed in uh, all these qualities that a human being should uh, think should actually live with. And, uh, I just think that uh, uh, I remember him for all these great things that he have done, and also serving our country, liberating it, and. Uh, he played a very major role to liberate Namibia and uh, 
and uh, the whole Africa in general. This occasion is taking place against the background of a sad situation or environment in which we found ourselves, a loss of our beloved president, and we should hold his legacy by following in his footsteps and to appreciate the work he did for us during the struggle and after Namibia's independence. Those were some of the reactions from from Namibians on the passing of the former president, Hage Kengop. Now, Eddie, Hage, just like the founding father of Namibia, Sam Nyoma, um, took up activism in his early years after South Africa's apartheid regime, which at the time ruled Namibia. Yeah, you know, he later went on to serve as prime minister after the country gained independence in 1990, a position he held for 12 years and again in 2012 before being elected as president. Earlier, I'm sure, uh, you know, this is an interview you found quite interesting. You spoke to researcher and socio-political analyst Raquel Andreas to find out what sort of legacy Hage Gengop left behind. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. President Gengop will be remembered as a visionary, for sure. Um, I think most of it is embedded within the Harambe Prosperity Plan. Um, both his presidential terms had a very strong focus on pushing for, you know, the visions that he had for the country through the Harambe Prosperity Plans 1 and 2. And with that, also, he was very open to consultation. Um, I think he was the first Namibian president we've had who was very big on public consultations from town hall meetings that were a bit disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. But later on, still, we always see that he had a huge open door policy, whether it's opposition parties, it's members of the public, um, State House became very accessible to many Namibians during his time. So definitely an inclusive president, uh, very visionary. It's not even about just his passing. This was going to be his last year. And we're anticipating there to be a lot of criticism about how a lot of the stuff that he wanted to see happen or that he said was going to happen did not happen in the 10 years that he was in power. Now you speak about President Hage Gengop's accomplishments within the country but how did he position Namibia to the international community? How did he put Namibia in the forefront? Mm, and again, I guess this takes us back to, you know, the visions that he casted through the Harambe Prosperity Plans. Um, we can see that one of the pillars um, is international relations. And with the international relations pillar, the focus was really on pushing for economic diplomacy to the point where it's not just something that he uh, delegated to the Ministry of International Relations it's actually something that he took upon himself to advance. Um, we've seen him jet-setting across the world um, during the past 90 years, you know, gracing various international stages and really advancing Namibia's economic aspirations. But I think this was strengthened quite greatly with his second term, which is where we saw now the developments in the green hydrogen sector really taking center stage on the global stage and really positioning Namibia as um, sort of the pioneer of the green hydrogen space. But I think the world all over will remember him as an individual who would always try to advance Namibian interests wherever he is. And he, he believed in being sort of the face of it. He needed to lead the team, whether it's to go to expos in Dubai or he needed to come to Europe to meet with European leaders. 
uh, or whether it has to go to the United States or to China, he had such a huge presence um, in terms of economic diplomacy um, and also just really being um, somebody passionate about the Namibian cause and advocating for it at, at various platforms. Mm-hmm. This is the first time for Namibia that the sitting president has died while in that position. What is next in regards to laying Hage Gengop to rest? And has it been announced whether he has received a hero status? I think it goes without saying for sure that um, he is likely to definitely be buried at Hero's Acre. Um, we've never had a president dying at all. <laughs> Um, it's not just about a sitting president. So our former presidents are still well and alive. Um, so, but we can anticipate that he will definitely be buried at Hero's Acre because um, the, the current president had said something about, in an interview yesterday, he said something about plans are in motion. Um, at the moment, as of today, until they have not officially announced when he will be buried yet, but Namibia is in a mourning period from today until that particular day. I was speaking to Raquel Andreas, researcher and social political analyst on the passing of Namibia's president, Hage Gengop. Africa Link. Sport. Okay, we are all waiting to find out how the semi-final stage of this year's Africa Cup of Nations will go. Four teams are in there, Nigeria, South Africa, Ivory Coast and DR Congo. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Saturday's games, one person that stood out, I think, for everyone um, on the game mm. with South Africa was Ronwen Williams. Mm. And he has become the first goalkeeper to ever save four penalties in a single um, AFCON tournament. Now to talk more about AFCON and what to escape, um, to expect, mm-hmm. we have our very own Kai Nebe. Um, so Kai, we all have our favourites to win the final tournament, but who from the quarterfinals showed up the strongest? Yeah, good question on that. Um, I think uh, you have to always look at this um, Ivory Coast. I mean, uh, after they lost their last group stage match 4-0 um, and they sacked their coach. I think if you then told them, yes, okay, you will soon be in the semi-finals of the AFCON, I think most people with good reason would have just laughed at you. <laughs> but uh, so, yes, the, the elephants march on to the uh, semi-finals of the AFCON despite all the adversity they face. They've somehow found a w- way to win. This particular game against Mali, they showed a lot of resilience because they scored just in the last minute of uh, normal time and then they scored in the last minute of extra time to get the win against Mali. But I think the team that dominated the most had to be the Democratic Republic of Congo against Guinea. I honestly thought Guinea were going to go out and win there, but DRC Mm. ended up winning that uh, comfortably 3-1. Nigeria beating Angola, I could see that coming. It was a very solid uh, win for Nigeria. They've not set the tournament on fire, but they're in the semifinals. They've played well. And of course, South Africa uh, beating Cape Verde. That was a matchup between two surprise teams, actually. Uh, no one really expected either team to get this far, but South Africa, uh, as O'Kerry mentioned, uh, riding the back of uh, Ron Wynne Williams, the captain, yeah. to get through the penalty shootout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I found that very impressive. Saving four out of five penalties. I don't even think I've seen that it anywhere. Crazy. You know, so um, I don't know if that's, that's the answer to my next question to you, Kai, because I'm going to ask you what has impressed you so far from the tournament? I think, generally speaking, there have been a lot of very fascinating and very cool individuals individual performances but generally this tournament will stand out for being the tournament of the underdogs honestly Mm -hmm. there are a lot of 
big names that have went that went out in the early stages of the tournament or even in the second round stage. Um, and I also think it's been a bit of a renaissance for um, African football south of uh, in the sub-Saharan region. It's the first time in five, no, in more than a, in almost a decade where there isn't a North African team right. in the uh, semi-finals or even the finals. So it's a bit of a, and also specifically for Southern Africa, Namibia doing well, Angola, South Africa. Um, that's where it's been a bit of a surprise as well. And Ivory Coast, Again, getting this far after <laughs> looking like they were down and out so early, but it's great for the tournament. Yep. I mean, yeah, we start on Wednesday with the semi-finals. Kai, what do you expect from the games um, with Nigeria and South Africa, Ni- especially? Yeah, Nigeria, South Africa. I have to say, I can't see many goals happening in that game. South Africa have not conceded um, any goals since they lost their first match four zero, and uh, neither have Nigeria. So neither team really <laughs> like con- like conceding goals. I think that one could go well go to a penalty shootout. Ivory Coast uh, DRC. DRC have been a surprise package um, Ivory Coast I think at some point their luck will run out I'm backing mm. DRC to go past that one <laughs> Wow You heard like, it here first yeah, I mean yeah, Kai is already <laughs> predicting what could happen Yeah it's, 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 it's really tough because you know I think Kai, Kai gave a very good analysis of it but you just never know with this Africa Cup of mm-hmm. Nations and that's what it's taught us you, you never know which two teams will make it to the finals but uh, as Ghanaian Ghana was kicked out <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm somehow forced to support Nigeria, although we are frenemies like that. But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how things go. Thank you very much, Kai Nebe, for your analysis of the Africa Cup of Nations. Thank you, guys, for tuning into the program. I am Eddie Micah Jr. And I'm Okeri Ngushinado. Until next time. DW. Made for Minds.